Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we're talking about season seven, episode four. Oh my God, it's episode four. Episode four, which is Company. That's the title. I'm not in a like very like Steven Sondheim headspace, so I can't just like whip out a Company song off the top of my head. Although they did play side by side by side during the episode. Is Company the one that always makes you cry? It doesn't always make me cry, but so, it yes. did make me cry that one time very memorably. Raul Esparza was singing. It was very sad. Isn't that the guy from SVU? He is. Okay. Let's read the description. All right. Okay. So, Season 7, Episode 4, Company. Grace accuses Will of being too nice to strangers. Jack has trouble at his new company when his coworkers mock him about his share doll. Okay, so let's, um, before we get into this, we're issuing a spoiler alert. For alert, the revival. Alert, alert, alert. Alert, 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 alert. Why was that so butch? I don't know. Sometimes when I say the word alert, it's butch. Actually, let's be real. Every time I say the word alert, which isn't a real word, it's a little butch. Okay, so anyways, we're going to talk for a brief moment about the revival here. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is some parallelisms. Some parallelograms? Some parallelograms happening. So, um, Jack Sherdahl is an important plot point in both this week's episode that we are currently discussing and the revival episode. Which is super weird, because they're not linked in any other way. They are not linked in any other way, except for the fact that the Cher doll ends up in the trash in both mm-hmm. of them. So, it's Kismet. It is Kismet. Which is probably Jack's drag name. <laughs> no, Jack's not clever enough for that to be his drag name. He thinks it means something, but it doesn't actually mean what he thinks it means. Oh, like two roads diverged in a yellow wood. Right, of course. <laughs> so anyways, in the revival episode, we mm-hmm. see um, Jack and a Stefan arguing over possessions of one another's that they hate. Jack wants to get rid of a Stefan's cuckoo clock, or as a Stefan calls it, his cuckoo clock, which is sure something. Um, yeah, that's the choice. Brian Jordan Alvarez is a national treasure, and we love him. <laughs> um, and so they agree that he can get rid of the cuckoo clock if if a Stefan can get rid of something of Jack's that he hates. What he hates is the share doll, and they argue over the share doll, and then um, the share doll ends up in the garbage chute, and Jack goes into the garbage to retrieve Cher, and then Estefan follows him because they are very married. What a mess. And it's beautiful, and they have this nice moment while they're sitting in the dumpster. Oh, what a circus. Oh, what a stage. (laughs) They have a nice moment while they're sitting in a dumpster where Jack interprets this as sort of like a a reaffirming of their marriage vows, (laughs) but it genuinely sort of seems like Estefan is threatening him. (laughs) Like, So Estefan is like... So Jack is like, we we can't fight. We're married now. And when married people fight, they get divorced, like my parents. And Estefan is like, I will fight you until you die. Like, See, now I think this is genuinely very romantic. I mean. Weird. It's weird. And it is genuinely very romantic. But the delivery was also like, I will fight you until you're in a hospital bed. <laughs> I will be fighting you until you take your last gasping breath. Like, also love the implication that Brian Jordan Alvarez is going to win this fight. Oh, yeah. He's going to win. I mean, I'm not surprised, but yikes. <laughs> so it's it's very funny. So then, okay, we're going to unspoilerify yeah. now and get back into the present, which is the past of Will Grays. The, uh, so the, the weird parallel here is that in this episode, it is Jack who throws his own share doll in the garbage. It's like, 
whoa! And, like, clearly this episode is informing the other episode, but actually it's just a complete coincidence. Probably. So, basically, as we recall from last week, we left Jack working at OutTV, but not OutTV in Canada. Not the real channel. Fake OutTV. Fake OutTV. And he's an executive. Fake OutTV would be a great name for a network. Fake OutTV. <laughs> it's just, like, 72 hours of punked in a yeah. row, and then, like, one thing gay, and then you go back to it's old It's just, like, scary, scaring straight people with gays. Fake out. I like it. Yeah. Let's pitch that to OutTV. It's mostly just queer factor queer. over and over again on a loop. <laughs> so Jack is, uh, he's an executive at OutTV now, and he's feeling a bit of imposter syndrome mm-hmm. because every time he has an opinion, it seems to be at odds with the opinions of his much more learned colleagues. Right. Um, and so this all sort of comes to a head over his share doll. So Karen knows that Jack is feeling a bit sad and a little lonely mm-hmm. and a little unsure of himself at his job so she and Rosie bring him his share doll to right. bring to his desk makes sense which is you know it's good it's I, like your little cactus I was gonna say I have a cactus on my desk and like 47 pride flags mm-hmm. and Jack has his share doll mm-hmm. and so that's great and Jack's really excited that share is there and it's beautiful but then his co-workers come in and they see Cher and they like are like oh is that a joke like (laughs) I can't believe you have that on your desk ha 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 I went to Arizona State which I just want to take a brief moment is I'm not from Arizona but is Arizona State a good school I think so but like is it good enough that this dude should have been bragging about oh definitely not no not that good no I at least not for what he's clearly done with it which has gotten a communications degree while drinking himself to death i just my only experience with arizona state as a concept is that i know that if you're a barista full-time at starbucks they will pay for you to get some credits online at yeah arizona state. I, I don't think it's a bad school i don't think it's an amazing school i think it's a it's good school like a, a fine, but probably not school. for television producing Yes. It's probably not good for that. But so anyways, Braggadocious McBraggerson um, is all like, I went to ASU for communications and like makes fun of Cher. And that's Which is rude. Very rude. And Jack, in like a crippling moment of self-doubt, throws her in the trash. It's, be- it's, it's beautiful. Excuse it's, me. It's tragic. It it's is, truly tragic. It is truthfully tragic. Um, and then Karen arrives the next day to confront him. Because she has discovered it in the trash while sending Rosie to find, what is it, scraps of copper wire? Yes, because she's trying to amass the world's largest ball of scrapped copper wire. Which is just like the kind of crazy Karen thing that I feel like you don't get in the revival anymore. Yes. Like she doesn't, her non-sequiturs are slightly more sequited or however mm. you would positively... Positiviate? I, I don't think I should be allowed to invent words. Matthew, stop it. <laughs> I have to stop. Just stop. But, <laughs> so, Karen has fished uh, f- uh, Cher out of the trash. But before that, she's like, Jack, where is Cher? And he's like, on tour, I'd imagine. <laughs> Which is just beautiful. Um, but then they have a, be- a very nice conversation about how Cher is sort of an epitomizing of why Jack is good at this job. He knows what the gays want. And frankly, as Karen points out, while all these folks were off getting their fancy degrees, Jack was watching TV. Mm-hmm. So Jack actually is sort of the ideal person to be in this position. Well, I think the episode like really does a good job of like hammering that home. Because sometimes Jack is like, quote, good at something on yeah. the show. But he's not actually good at it. Like, that's the joke is that he's like, he's somehow very successful in this thing, but he's not good at it at all. Like, right. with dancing a little bit. Yeah, but, like, 
in this case, Jack is genuinely good at this. Yeah. He has very good opinions and his the reason they hired him is because his voice was different from the other voices in the room. Well, and we don't get a ton of examples in this episode, but like all the things that we hear him talking about are good ideas. I mean, he wants Will to be the next Swan, which I'd forgotten was a reality TV oh, show. Oh, God. Uh, for those of you, um, Missouri, I'm sure you're all very young, but remember, Missouri, you maybe don't. Um, but there was this TV show in the early 2000s called The Swan, and it was like the concept was that they would take ugly people and then give them intense plastic surgery until mm-hmm. they were pretty, like the Ugly Duckling narrative. Can't believe it hasn't come back in the Trump era, really. But, like, wrong. Like, if you completely <laughs> misinterpreted the story of the Ugly Duckling, or didn't. The moral of that story is, like, don't be mean to ugly people. They might grow up hot. I mean, that's basically the story of Taylor Swift, so. Taylor Swift was never not hot. Right, but she was annoying. That's true. She's still annoying, but now she's famous. That we're, we're getting off subject. But yeah, so the swan. It was a television show. You got massive plastic surgery and then you were pretty. And then, like, he rejects this idea about, like, a cop show about gay cops because, like, duh, that's a bad idea. As we talked about a few episodes back, gay cops don't work unless you're actually addressing the systemic violence against gay people and people of color. Right. But then, like, what he does want to greenlight is, like, a goofy, silly soap opera about a town where all the women have vanished and the men are just running around shirtless. And the show is called Man Town. Like, <laughs> it's probably better than Cougar Town. I, I just, I don't understand how this show can't exist. It's such a funny idea for a show. Like, it's so inherently campy. It's clearly making fun of the fact that there are no good parts for women on TV. You have shirtless men all the time. Like, it would turn out viewers in droves. And you could teach them some great lessons about feminism. But how would you do that if there are no women? Because the women are in the hatch. How is that different than their heads being in the fridge? Because their heads are still attached to their bodies. But why are they in the hatch? What's the hatch? How do they get there? Witchcraft. I need answers! Hey, if we can have nine or ten seasons of American Horror Story, I think I can have one season of Mantown, okay? (laughs) But anyways, the lesson that we all learned is that Jack actually has very good ideas and his input is valuable and he should not... Succumb to his imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. because he and Cher are both valuable members of society Mm -hmm. and have unique voices. And if Cher hadn't come back several times after several farewell tours, the world would be a darker place. And Jack should take that to heart. Isn't she literally on a farewell tour right now? I think this is number seven. What am I supposed to do? Just sit around and wait for you? And I can't do that. <laughs> because you won't stop coming back. I won't stop coming back. <laughs> okay. What if Cher's story should literally be called Cher, can't stop, won't stop. Oh, God, I actually can't stop. Please Somebody help. stop me, please. Somebody stop me. And then it turns into, like, a mask cosplay, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> Let's talk about Will and Grace. No, I'm sorry. I'm still back at Cher doing Jim Carrey doing the mask. Oh, that, does, that doesn't work for you? No. <laughs> You're dumb. Can't you see her in that yellow suit? She already did ABBA. I can't with this. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about Will and Grace. Um, So this week's episode felt like a personal attack. Uh, Extremely, very much so. So, yeah, this this felt very near and dear to my heart in that I hate people, and so does Matthew, and we should never be forced to interact with other humans. Well, and I usually hate people a little less than Tess, but sometimes it switches around. Like, most of the time, like, in this scenario, Tess is Grace and I am Will, where, like... 
Tess is like, oh, we shouldn't talk to anyone ever. And I'm like, we should talk to people sometimes. But then sometimes Tess will be stuck in a social situation, as Grace is in this episode on the elevator and with... completely overcorrect. Yeah, with, um, what's his face? Ned? Ned. Ned Squeege or something like that. Oh, I don't want to think about his name. Anyway, Ned, Ned, good buddy Ned, like, Grace gets trapped in the elevator with this guy who she is, like, told Will, we can't interact with him. We just have to be polite neighbors. Because if we interact with him, then we're going to be forced to interact with him forever, which is such a move. Oh, yeah. I mean... That's like when you say hi to your cubicle mate, like, Weird Debra, and then you're stuck being... You're friends with Weird Debra, right. You're stuck being fucking friends with Weird Debra. Yeah. And then you sit there every day, and you think about that old Dane Cook bit, where it was like, you have to be friends with the weird guy in the office, because when they show up with a gun, then they won't shoot you. And then you just think that about Weird Debra the entire time, and you're just like... Poor Debra. Debra was weird. (laughs) Um... But what happens with the episode then is they kind of play, like, a game of, like, accidental niceness chicken where they, like, they keep just, like, accidentally upping the ante where they're like, oh, well, you know, I was in the elevator with Ned and he accused me of being rude, so I had to prove I was wrong by inviting him for cocktails. Uh And Will's like, what? Why would you do that? And then... And then they, like, get through cocktails and they go to the elevator and there's this, like, long sight gag of them soundlessly at the elevator with the door open and they come back after the bell dings, and Will and Grace are just like, oh my god, why did we invite him over for dinner next Thursday? Yes. So, like, basically, here's how it goes. They meet in the lobby, and Will says hi. And then Grace is like, why would you do that? Now we have to say hi to him always. And then it just, then they she meets him in the elevator, and he accuses her of being rude. So then she invites him for drinks. Then he comes for drinks, and they talk shit about him while he's in the bathroom. Then as he leaves, Will ups the ante again and says, that was great. Let's do it again. Why, why not Friday? I'll cook. And then, so now they're cooking this dinner and dreading it, because they don't want to fucking interact it's with It's very people. if you give a mouse a cookie. It's beautiful. They're literally, uh, as they're cooking, like, we don't even have people we like over for dinner. They're like... Now, their excuse was Rob and Ellen, who they clearly don't like. And then also Joe and Larry, who they also clearly don't like. Right. But um, I think that just goes to show that, like, many codependent best friends, most of us don't like people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they get this call from Ned. Mm-hmm saying that he's very sorry he cannot attend dinner because his brother's been in a car accident and he's going to be in the hospital all night. And Will is like a kid on motherfucking Christmas. <laughs> he's so happy. Grace is so happy. They're so happy. They're experiencing this moment of joy. Who's and- that comedian who has the bit about, like, the best plans, or the best feeling in the world is when your plans are canceled oh, it's and you don't jo- have to do anything? It's John Mulaney. Yes. It's in terms of instant relief, canceling plans is like heroin. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, you're like, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that thing. And then someone cancels it for you and you're like, oh, I'm free. Yes, except... Most of those people don't have my mental illness, where half the time it's like, oh, yes, I'm free. And the other half of the time is like, how dare you? I didn't even want to do that. And you canceled on me? How well, dare you? Well, and to segue, that is what happens to Will and Grace yes, this week. Yes, so they're having this moment. They're all excited, and Sondheim is playing, and they're like, wait a minute, where's that music coming from? <laughs> and it's coming from upstairs where Ned lives, and they realize that this bitch been blowing them off. I think that's a bold-ass move, to blow someone off who you know lives a floor below you, and then loudly blast company by Stephen Sondheim. Loudly I blast it. Like, at least, like, start blasting, like, some music that, like, is currently playing in duck clubs so they can be like, where's that music coming from? It must be outside because it cur- clearly can't be Ned. Yes. Yeah, so then Will and Grace... Ned's Gr- such a square. Then Will and Grace being insane as they often are mm-hmm. march their little butts up to ned's apartment to confront him because they're 
stupid. Yeah, they're they just, just so dumb. They just, just t- take the gift that you were given. I will say that I think we have managed to avoid the- falling into this trap so far with our neighbors. Yes. Um, we have five sets of them. Yes. Um, we still don't know whether the apartments on the other side of our building are one bedrooms or two bedrooms. We think one bedrooms based on some Zillow listings, but we're not. But then also there was like a clown car that came out of one of them once. One time we met this girl and her name was either something very normal or something very weird and we still don't know what it was. No, we don't. Um, and then she was coming into the apartment and then like a moment later we were still outside. She was coming out of the apartment, but with two other people. It was weird. And we still can't figure out if they like all lived together or what or honestly she could have made friends with someone else in the apartment and we wouldn't really know yeah because i here is the only neighbor in our apartment building that we know it's the person who lives downstairs and i'm not going to mention their name because that would be our fucking luck that this person lives in our building and listens to our podcast they probably have a vpn and they're our this listener in missouri oh my god they're like routing it through yo neighbor you're our missouri (laughs) listeners um but our neighbor we met for the first time the day we were moving in Mm mm-hmm and um seemed normal dude seemed fine and then the next day so trash day for us is friday mornings so the trash gets picked up on friday mornings you bring the trash out on thursday night right and as we were moving in it was a thursday night so everyone was bringing their trash out and that was fine and then come friday morning some of the trash was not collected because basically it's too complicated we don't need to explain that part the the short the short version is that Someone fucked with the trash and then the city of Philadelphia wouldn't pick it up. Right. But then this dude, like, lost his fucking mind about it. Like, was, like, throwing a fit. Like, screaming about how this is a nice neighborhood. I, My mother and I were outside with him at one point And he was just like, and you know it was the girls who used to live in your apartment, right? Because that's what women do. And we were like, uh. <laughs> what? what? Women do what exactly? They throw things away? They're crazy bitches throwing things away. Them bitches throwing shit out. Um, How dare they? And then it just got weirder because one time I met his mom and she was just like, oh, did you not hear about his horrible moped accident? And we were like, no, I did not hear about his horrible moped accident. We missed the memorandum that went to the building, apparently. This was admittedly my fault because she was standing outside of the building and I said, oh, hi, do you live here? I live here. I just moved in. because See, you made the Ned mistake. I made the Ned mistake. And so then I got sucked into this whole story and she was telling me about how her driver had to drive him to work because he crashed his moped and broke his leg. And I was just like, lady, I don't care. I was just trying to make polite conversation. Now, admittedly, putting the pieces of the puzzle together for crazy no-name... Um, when his mother was visiting and taking care of his apartment, she did fuck up the trash. Well, women be fucking women up the trash. Women be fucking up the trash, I guess. Apparently, this this all makes sense. It, it all, all comes, comes full circle. circle. Yes. But yeah, so, okay. <laughs> to get back to Will and Grace, <laughs> they make the mistake of confronting Ned, and Ned calls him out. He's like, look, when I was at your house for drinks, I could totally hear you talking shit about me. You guys are super rude, and I don't want to be your friend. And then... They like I will agree like really just take that and are like, yeah, you know what? He's right. We are bad people. And so then they knock on the door and they're like, We're so sorry. We really want to apologize. We don't know why we're so cynical. Dinner's still warm. Do you want to come downstairs and have dinner with us? And he's like, Well, actually I'm having some tea with some friends. Would you like to join me? And they say, Okay. Because they're idiots. And then the tea with friends is like when you're a five-year-old and you have a tea party with all your stuffed animals, it's literally, it's not even like that. It is that. That's what's happening. He's having a tea party. Except the actor playing Ned is like in his 50s. At minimum. Minimum 50s. Horrifying. 
Horrifying. And I don't remember that scene from Company. I don't remember the song where Bobby goes over to Date's house and there's a tea party of stuffed animals. That part, is, I think they cut in previews. Yeah, it was probably wise because <laughs> Nick Nick did just not test well with the audiences. Um, yeah, so it's, they, they have, they sit through an uncomfortable fake tea with mm-hmm. this man because they've made such a big show about how they're not going to be rude anymore. And, and that's the end of the episode, basically. That's it. That's the end of the episode. They gently rib each other about how they were hitting it off with various stuffed animals. Very haunting. And then they go home. What the fuck? And this is why you have to be careful when you make friends with your neighbors. Because otherwise, they will kill you and wear your skin. Admittedly, it is good that the tea party ends without anyone's skin getting worn. I think that would have come up. Even if it was Nick Nick. This is reminding me about this thing that happened to me today where I was reading an email and it was the word disempowered was used in the email mm-hmm. but I was apparently I'm in such like Halloween October brain that I misread it as disemboweled and I was like the fuck <laughs> so anyways don't disembowel your neighbors please please <laughs> brought to you this by- is a spooky episode for Halloween I guess <laughs> brought to you by the neighborhood watch for not disemboweling your neighbors I kind of forgot that this was going to be like an episode that is airing on Halloween for yes, us yes this is going to be Halloween Ooh. what's the name of that one show that's supposedly really funny like Los Espookies or something yes that's the name of the show you are correct I keep hearing th- good things about it Missouri should we be watching that show call a friend now to, f- to chime in vote now on your phone <laughs> there it is <laughs> All right. a friend now. What the fuck is this shit? I don't know. <laughs> I just want people to have friends, okay? Not with your neighbors. Don't be friends with don't your neighbors. Don't be friends with your neighbors. <laughs> I'm sure our neighbors are listening to this right now and they're like, oh man, it's those weirdos in six. They always are like talking like they're talking to people in Missouri and it's fucking it's weird. It's fucking weird, man. All right. Um, uh, that's it. I think that's it. <laughs> Matthew, do you want to tell people where we live on the internet? I will absolutely tell us. If you want to be our neighbor on the internet, the best place to be our neighbor is on Twitter. You can ring our bell at Not A Couple Show. Stop it. <laughs> you can also stop by our Facebook and Tumblr pages, or always send us an electronic message at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know this, but you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Podbean. Now I have You Can Ring My Bell stuck in my head. I hope you're happy. (laughs) I am very happy, actually. Matthew is a very happy person, and that upsets me sometimes. All right, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Uh, I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not A Couple. Bye-bye. Bye. Um... This week's episode of Not A Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Meow, meow. Hi, kittenfish. This week's episode was sponsored by Mantown. It's a gritty soap opera where there are only men and they don't wear shirts. And the women have actually trapped them there. Plot twist. They're just trapped. Alone. Hashtag Mantown. Hashtag Mantown.